Hi there and welcome to Global Heart Church. Uh, I'm Jared Keane, the senior pastor, and wherever you are tuning in from around the world today, really, really hope and pray that in our planning of this message that it's going to really inspire you for the great journey that you are on and uh, for the great calling that you have in your own life. So enjoy the message and really pray that it's a blessing to you today. You know, I just want to start with the scripture, John chapter 1, verse 7. And uh, the Lord just putting in my spirit again, reminding me for all of us that to follow the Lord, he was God's instruction to Joshua and here's God's instruction to you. If you're going to follow Jesus, if you're going to be a Christian who actually walks with him, uh, the Bible says, be strong and very courageous. Let me say it again. Be strong. Be very courageous. Be careful to obey all the instructions Moses gave you. Do not deviate from them, turning either to the right or to the left. Then you'll be successful in everything you do. The Word of God again to all of us at Global Heart Church and to you individually. Be strong and very courageous. You're going to have to get your fight on if you're going to serve God. You're going to have to get your fight on if you're going to serve God. And I believe at Global Heart Church, we're called to be a courageous church. Hello, thank you. We're called to be a courageous church. Come on, we are called to be a courageous church. We are called to be a courageous church. You are called to be a courageous Christian. And can I just say this, at the beginning of the year, the biggest fight you will have will be with you. (laughs) If you can subdue you, you may get somewhere. So Sue and I now for 40 years have been subduing ourselves. To say, Lord, help us to come under you and help us to surrender to your plan and your heart. What's his plan? His plan is his church. Matthew 16, 18, Jesus said, I'll build my church. It's a shame that a lot of Christians don't understand. That's the very thing he's doing and the very thing he's called you in to be a fellow worker with. Everybody get hold of that. You cannot be a Christian who is wandering around and has some deal going with God. No, you have to go, where has God set you? Where has God set you? And I want to encourage you, you may be 20 years late, but it's never too late. Because the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 12, and I think it's verse 18, God sets the members in the body. And then he goes from there. Do you know I've never had a Christian come and say to me in 40 years, God set me in the body. Yet the Bible tells us, that Christ sets us in the body for His purpose. Everybody, you need to say, Lord, help me to be set where you set me. <laughs> Don't unset yourself, but be set. God set you. I, I'm 40 years, I'm still waiting for Christ to say, yes, the Lord set me there. Most people are going, no, I'm church shopping at the moment. I'm looking for something. I'm like, you know, I'm at, no, where did Jesus set you? And if it's in Zambia, that's where you're set. And if it's in Germany, that's where you're set. Where did God set you? And it's not about how it works for me. It's about where did God place me? Because the power is in the placement. The power is in the placement. And the power is in the acknowledgement of the placement. So when I were in Sydney, I never thought, really, I'd leave Sydney. And then the Lord took us to London. We had to shut the door to Sydney and say, right, Lord, you've got us in London. Help us to be effective. And we had some powerful years in London and established a church that went on to be a blessing. Thank God. Then the Lord shut the door to that and said, go to Perth, Western Australia. Never been here. (laughs) 
Jared and Sue, be strong and very courageous. Subdue yourselves. And be where I sent you and serve people. Love people. Guess what? That is not for me and Sue and no one else. That is for every believer. Be where I sent you. Love people. Serve people. I was laughing to myself on Friday night. I came back Friday night, preached at church. We had a great night. Friday night was so good, everybody. And, uh, and then hung around talking to four young guys about following Jesus who just come to church and come to the youth camp. Well done, youth team. And so I'm an hour after church. And then I thought to myself, 36 years of ministry, I'm still standing at the front of church on a Friday night for an hour with young people. Why am I doing that? Because that's what Jesus has called all of us to do. All of us. I think after be strong and very courageous, he needs to put in brackets and unselfish. <laughs> because really, if you are strong and courageous, you will deal with your selfishness. You'll deal with your priorities. You will deal with where Jesus is in fourth place, 2024, moving him into first place. So, 36th year, I've got to get strong and courageous is here. And I have to deal with myself. Everybody, deal with yourself. Lead yourself and humble yourself and say, I'm humbly set here at Global Heart. Lord, help me to humbly love and serve your people where you sent me. And then, you know, the Bible, and then goes on and God said, don't look to the left or the right. Everybody, be very careful. We have to be so careful in this era of, uh, the era of feeling. You know, my 42 years of salvation, I've never seen such an era where everybody is operating out of dysfunction. It's, it's most incredible. When I got saved, it was me and Steve Kelly were the dysfunctional ones. Now it's the world. And they're operating on feelings, not truth. Can I encourage everybody, we will never become a motivational center as the focus of what we do. We want to motivate you. We want to encourage you. But we will never become a motivational center. This is the house of God. This is the house of God. And I just affirm to you this year that we will teach the Word of God, not our opinion. My opinion is of little value. It is the Word of God that is what we will stand on. But we then give practical teaching from that because having been broken people and having not been a Christian, not brought up a Christian, we bring teaching from the Word that helps you practically get hold of it. Rather than just spiritualizing, you're like, I'm still lost. I don't know how to pay my bill. I don't know how to deal with my kids. I don't know how. We're trying to do stuff that's going to help you live successfully. But there is a spirit and it's even in the church of looking to the left and the right of and looking at people's opinions. What do you think? What does she think? What are you feeling? What are you feeling? What are you feeling? Everybody, we are not called to look to feelings. We are called to look to the Saviour of the world and build on His Word. I'm so amused when people say, the Word of God, it was written by men. Absolutely. As if it's some big surprise. I'm like, <laughs> oh my gosh, is this an IQ test? Anyway, absolutely. God uses people. God uses men and women. He used them and he chose 40 to 44 different authors over 1,400 to 1,600 years to bring us the Bible 
listen, which was supernaturally downloaded by God into those people. God supernaturally downloads still today. He downloads into those who will surrender to his, to his will. He will download into you. He will download into fathers. Dads, you need to be saying, Lord, download into me so that I'm hearing your word. But realize that the Bible says the word is given to us for all teaching, all instruction, all correction. And it was God breathed. So when people say it was written by people, yeah. The amazing bit is that God chose to do it through people. <laughs> like, really? God goes, no, I'm choosing to do it through people who I supernaturally speak to and download into. So everybody, do not get caught up in the opinions of the world. Do not get caught up in churches that get more... A lot of people are more worried about what people think than they are about what God thinks. We need to be courageous and have God fear, not men fear. You need to have God fear, not men fear. And uh, we are called to do that. We're called to love people. You know, what we're doing with our, with Tenacious House, that is from mercy. That is from compassion. Uh, That is, you know, that's, that's love. That's putting, that's not token love. That's real love. That's been very costly for a lot of people. Real love. But it's, we're there to love people, but we are there to have a fear of God, not people. The Bible says the fear of the Lord, reverence for God, reverence for who He is, listen, is the beginning of wisdom. It's the beginning of wisdom. That's why you can meet to somebody who's got... You're so educated, got everything going on, but you talk to them and there's no spiritual insight whatsoever. They have no clue about what's actually in life, really important, or what's internally important. Why? Because the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. The fear of the Lord, the reverence for God. So can I encourage you, buddy? Read God's Word with reverence this year. And don't let negativity stay in your life any longer. We all have negative thoughts. We all have negative moments. But I want to encourage you that negativity is unchallenged, immature thinking. Negativity that we just allow and that we can speak out, speak to our families, speak to our friends, speak to people. I had it to a big degree. And it's something that I still have to give to God. But negativity is unchallenged, immature thinking. It's not, it's where we are. We're not maturely regulating our emotions and feelings and bringing those negative feelings under God and under His Word. So I needed to say, hey, I'm challenging that thought that I just had. Lord, I'm challenging that thought. Help me now, God. Grace me now to give you my negativity. And then get your fight back on. (laughs) In Jesus' name. Now, Proverbs 29 verse 18 says, where there's no vision, the people are unrestrained. Where there's no vision, people are unrestrained. Another translation is, where there's no vision, people perish. You need a vision for your life personally. And I believe that God puts us in His house with people around us who can help us with that vision so that it's not from our flesh, it's not from our pride, which it can so easily be, but it's actually from the Holy Spirit. And uh, But the Bible tells us people become unrestrained and they cast off restraint. And that's why... uh, you know, many times people end up in how, you think, how do people ever do that sin? How are they involved in that? There's no vision. 
You've got to have a vision. That's why it's always interesting that talk about people who've been in jail and they're in jail and for years and then suddenly they're going back to jail again. Why? Because their vision was to get out of jail. They got out, fulfilled the vision, and because that was their only vision, suddenly they've got to go back into jail to get out of jail. Because the vision is just this circular thing. No, we've got to get a vision that says that's from God. That's downloaded from the Lord and say, Lord, help me now under counsel and wisdom to fulfill your plan and your purpose. That Father not only affects me, but affects the generations following. So I want to encourage you. They're going to be talking about you in two or three generations. What will they say? What will their lives be like because of you, mom, dad, grandma, grandpa? What will they be like? Will they be in their destiny? And the thing is, your children cannot be in destiny in the kingdom of God unless mom and dad and grandma and grandpa took the posture of a servant. A humble servant in God's house. It is impossible. They'd be in destiny like by some miraculous miracle, not because of a sterling example that you and I are meant to bring. So once again this year, nanny and papa need to lead themselves well and humble ourselves. Once again, Global Heart Church, everybody, is not about Jared and Sue or anybody else. We thank God for the team. We're the parents, the spiritual parents we put, God put here. But this is His church, not ours. <laughs> We're servants of His church. We're just, the Lord said, hey, come and parent my, my church. And we said, thank you, Lord. Help us to do that. So we've got a, we've got a vision for the next 25 years. And, uh, and that vision is increasingly that we will continue to go forward. I believe ultimately we will be fulfilling God's word in that we will be uh, establishing campuses and churches around the world as we go forward. There's not one I'm announcing today in case you're <laughs> thinking, where am I going? <laughs> but I believe that is a big part of what we will be doing. And, uh, and so just for you to go, what's my part in that? Yeah. Some of you are called, here's your number one calling, to finance the house of God, yes. to finance the going and giving the gospel. Yeah. Yeah. You know, uh, one of the courageous young men I met in Japan last, uh, this last week or two ago, telling me his story, his young guy, I'm just going to tell you real quickly, but just courage. He, uh, he told me he got invited to church by somebody who got invited to church. The next person got invited to church. And then that person invited him through sport, through somebody who goes to Lifehouse Church in Tokyo. Two of them dropped out and didn't go. And he said, I was the third one invited. And he went to church. And he said, when he came to church, he was looking for his friends. They weren't there. But when he heard the gospel, he said, I, gave, I just gave my life to God. I'd never been to a church ever. His family's in ancestral worship. And he said, and I got God's love touched me in the service. He said, I could not stop crying. He's telling me, he's, he had my bag taking me to the bus station and the, you know, he went on the bus to the airport with me. He's telling me the story and I was so excited about it. And he goes, Pastor Ed, now my parents cancelled all my money. They would not allow me to return to that church. So he said, I had no money. He said, they, they even went, my bank account, they're in it or something. And he said, they blocked it. So he said, I had no money. So he had to walk to church. He said, I was going to church. I got touched by God's love. I knew this was not normal and I was crying and it was, I knew it was God. He said, I had to walk to church three and a half to four hours every weekend to go to church and then walk home. 
He said, I didn't know anybody at the church, so I didn't want to tell anybody I have no money and I can't get home. He said, I just went, walked to church. And so he said, every week, three and a half hours to follow Jesus. Courage. Parents working against him. No money. And then he says to me, uh, and I said to him, I'll bet when you did that, that it was like walking one hour, not walking four. And he said, Pastor Ed, exactly. How did you know that? <laughs> I said, yeah, I know when I've surrendered to God, what was hard suddenly was easy. So he said to me, suddenly somebody at church gave him some money. Then somebody gave him lunch. He said, I wasn't asking for anything. Didn't tell anybody. People gave me lunch, gave me this. And he said, I'm walking down the road past Jared in Tokyo. And he said, I said to the Lord, Lord, I'm following you. I'm walking to church again, but I have no money for lunch. I don't know how I'm getting home and I really need to get home today. I need, I need help. I need your help. He said, a man came along in a suit in Tokyo, walked up and gave him 5,000 yen. That's about 60, $65. And he was so shocked. It was just after he prayed. He said, Pastor Jared, I looked in my hand and I turned around to thank the man and there was no one on the street in Tokyo. He said, there was no one there. The Bible talks about ministering angels, right? So he said to me, I now had money for lunch, money for the train. (laughs) He was like, whoa. And he said to me, ever since I surrendered to God and obeyed God and have been courageous, he said, I can't believe the miracles in my life. And so when I'm leaving, he was still telling me another story. He's like, he's like, get out. Guess what? Pastor Rod's asking to be now an intern pastor at the church. He's trained to do it. Courage, everybody. You need to have your stories. I said it Friday night. You need your stories. We want to hear your story. What's God doing in your life? But you've got to move your hand for God to anoint it. You've got to do something that's uncomfortable, sometimes for a long time, for God to, to anoint it. When you surrender to God, sometimes I was doing things, I thought, Lord, this is so uncomfortable. And God goes, I know. I've been there. (laughs) And when you hold to it, when you're doing it, and you know God told me to do it, walk the three and a half hours. Now he's in God's will, and he just married a beautiful girl in the church. And he said to me, Pastor Ed, I just can't believe what's happening to me. And I said, well done, mate. You're surrendering to God, and God's meeting you. His parents just came to church. His mother said, you were great. I don't believe what you said, but you were great. (laughs) Everybody, you are meant to have your courageous faith story that you surrendered to God, you pushed through, and now here you are. You know, the, the words that I felt in my spirit earlier in the year, for this year, it's really the start of another 25 years. The two words came in was really seek first. Seek first. If I was to say what the year is, it's the year of seeking first again. Seek first His face. Matthew 6.33, seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, His holiness. And all these things shall be added to you. The Bible's saying when you seek Him, all these things shall be added to you. God knows you need things. And those things are relationships. It is a job. It is finances. It's the calling of God. It's the provision for that calling. God's going to add these things to you when you humbly seek Him. And humility is not talking humbly, it's action. Activate humility, activate service. It's not talking. Sometimes we think about having a spiritual chat. No, 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 that's nice, but that ain't it. But seeking first is like making time. I cancelled my holidays that week because I'm going to spend time with God. 
I remember being in my mother's garage, just walking around her car, praying as a teenager, end of my teen years, praying and then praying in the Holy Spirit and asking God to help me and help me to follow Him and help me to be a Christian. When you seek God, God sees it and then He answers. And then God began to add things. You are meant to have things added, supernatural things. That you go, look, I, I did what I did with my giftings, your giftings, you did what you did, but then you go, hang on a minute, then something else was way beyond that. Because it's God. Yeah. Seek Him and, and, seek, and seek to obey. <laughs> seek to obey. The Bible says obedience is better than sacrifice. Yeah. Obedience. What does obedience for a Christian mean? It means doing what you don't want to do. <laughs> I don't want to do that. <laughs> I got interviewed for that book last year. The last hundred years of Pentecostal, they interviewed me. And, uh, and I was the standout pastor because I was so truthful. They're like, Pastor Jared, you've been doing this? You've been involved in this? Did you want to do that? No, I didn't. <laughs> Did you want to do that? Not really. <laughs> Did you want to do this? Definitely not. <laughs> They were like, oh, wow. <laughs> I said, I, and I said, because really, if God's calling you to do something, usually it's outside of your zone, your grace zone, and you're having to obey him. Fear comes to all of us. But I had to surrender my fears and say, all right, <laughs> courage, be strong. Pull up the courage. Pull up the God's strength, not my strength. Say, Lord, help me to do what you called me to do. You know, once again, let me remind everybody, as we seek Him, seek first. Don't seek your will, seek His will. Husbands, don't seek anyone else's will, seek God's will. Wives, seek His will and seek it together. You know, the Bible goes on and really in the scripture again, I just thought over and over again, Jesus is wanting us to get the message that He came and died on the cross because people are lost. Do you know they're trying to downplay that now around the world? It's like, you can get saved just if you're just nice and if you just buy a fluffy kitten and give it to somebody who's not well. Look, Jesus did not go through the horror, the torture, the persecution, the rejection, because you can be saved any other way, but through what he did on the cross when he died for you. There is no other way. And so then Jesus rises from the dead. Everybody's like waiting. What is he going to say? He's been through so much. We can only be saved through his death on the cross. And then Jesus says, go into all the world. Preach the gospel. Jerusalem, Junilab, (laughs) Samaria, to the ends of the earth. Jesus told the church, get up and go. Now, not everyone here is called to leave this nation or leave here and go to another. Not everyone is. But we are called to finance the going. To give is to go. To give is to go. And uh, I'm so thrilled to see what's happening in our church in Zambia right now because uh, at the end of... uh, Hang on. No, let's say this. Right now, we've got the final things going in for the building and we will be starting building in Zambia, our first international campus building in March. So we'll be starting doing that. And so by the end of the year, that building should be up 500 seater in Zambia. And that will be the first stage of our church there. And, uh, and I want to encourage you once again, we didn't go to Zambia because we had nothing to do. <laughs> Thought, hey, I'm going to eat out of three trees, even though that's a good idea. No, it's because God called us, go to Zambia. 
go to Zambia. Right now, they have a terrible cholera situation going on. The stadium's filled with people who are really unsick with, are sick with cholera. Pray for our church. Pray for our team there who are navigating that right now. You know, uh, there's nations all over the world that are in big, challenging places and deals at different times. We have our own challenges here, but there are some serious challenges, and God says to us, go to that nation. So by the end of this year, that church will be complete, and I believe from our church in Zambia, we will impact other parts of Africa for sure, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. We will, it will go on to impact around Africa, in Jesus' name. I declare that, and I believe that. So, you, so I want to encourage you too, that I'm stirred afresh that we are needing to do missions trips. Uh, and I want to stir you there. If you are sponsoring a child, pray and believe to go to Rwanda to meet your child. Everybody who met their child in the last trip, everybody was overwhelmed meeting their children. And, uh, and uh, two people from our church, before we even got through their two children, they had 16 children they were sponsoring <laughs> before we got to anybody else's. So all these children coming out, life-changing. Everybody, take a risk. Yeah. Trust God. Yeah. Sue and I were doing missions, moving countries. We, we didn't have, half the time we were like, how are we doing this? I don't know. Jesus said to us, do it. Yeah. Took a risk. We weren't, we weren't completely foolish, but we had a big faith element where I don't know that's going to happen. Yeah. And I think I told you guys, we went to London. Living in London, they gave us minimal missions money. And I said to Sue, we're going to trust God and go to Spain on a holiday. And then Sue goes, Really? I went, yeah, put 50 pounds down. I don't, you know, the holiday was a lot more than 50 pounds, I'll tell you now. And over the year, I don't even know how we paid it. But you've got to start. Yeah. I'm putting money towards my mission trip to Rwanda. I'm meeting my children. Start, everybody. Open your account. Then come to our church in Zambia and be a part of what God is doing there, which is so powerful, so incredible, because we're watching people not be victims. They're becoming victors in Zambia. They're coming forward with victory and breakthrough, which we want to see spread across the continent. You know, also, too, I got stirred with Lifehouse. We need to be in Japan. So I'm believing youth and young adults, we're going to kick off again teams into Japan. We're going to go and help Tokyo, Osaka, Fukuoka, um, Kyoto, other places right now, Hiroshima. We are going to send teams in. They just so were encouraging me that Global Heart Church so blessed us with your spirit of service and evangelism and soul winning. And uh, many people who are in the churches now point to somebody at Global Heart Church who loved them or met them on the street. So we're going to be in Japan, everybody. And, uh, and I want to encourage you as well, Bali, Indonesia, we need to be backing what's happening with Lifehouse because Hindus are getting saved all the time up there. So we will have an adult team to Indonesia. Who wants to come to Bali with me? <laughs> Everybody goes, let's go. <laughs> um, <laughs> and uh, also too, we'll believe for uh, Montreal as well. Yes. To send a team to Quebec. Yes. And uh, Sue Thornton, where are you, Sue? Sue was in Quebec in our church there, and she's so good. Sue wore her Here to Help t-shirt from Perth and got on the front door in Quebec and started welcoming everybody to church. Come on, Sue. Come on, that's what we're called to do. But we'll do a team there. What's really great is we have our first French person coming to our church this year from Quebec. So we have a lovely girl, uh, Beatrice B. She is Quebecois French, and uh, she's a very smart young lady. She's in the leadership team up there and she's coming down here and going to be doing college and working in all the departments of our church for 12 months. So we're really excited about that as well in Jesus' name. But in the middle of everything, there, is, uh, there are seasons. We've got to read the season. 
Everybody, this is so important. Ecclesiastes 3. What season are you in right now? What season are you in? Time to build. Time to tear down. <laughs> time to cry and mourn. Time to dance. The Bible says this. You need to know your season. Because you are not coming back as a butterfly. <laughs> this is it. What's your season? For some of us, it's to surrender to God. Really. Do you know, I meet pastors over years. And I meet them and I'm like, you're a lovely pastor, but you're not surrendered to God. Pastors. Meet them many times. I'm like, lovely, but you're calling the shots here. We're not called to call the shots. This might be your season and year. It's about dealing with yourself and surrendering to God. That might be it. Because, and I, and by, by the way, I will have to do that again this week. <laughs> just, just so you know, right? But... There's seasons. What's the season? Every decision you're making now determines the next 20, 10 years, 20 years. You'll be where God, well, where God's calling you somewhere, right? With us. We're on a journey together. But where your children and grandchildren will be no accident. It'll be no accident. There'll be no like, oh my gosh, what a surprise. <laughs> it's like, no, what did we lead? What did we do? What did we model? What did we sacrifice? Where did we obey with cost? With cost. Yeah, yeah. And then God says, I'll take that and use that. Yeah, yeah. And then down the track, at the end, we've set generations up, hopefully, around the world. But because of the decisions we're making now. Yeah. Going on that mission trip, that could be the decision. Yeah. Seeing your compassion child, that could be the decision. Right. We don't know, but we need to say, what's the time? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So at the end of this year, I'm going to be 62. I know I don't look it. <laughs> but I know there's a... A season change. So this morning, I'm just going to let you know there's a season change in our campus here. And the season change is going to be that soon I will be senior pastors. I will be senior pastor under our eldership for a long time. Don't start getting... Don't you... For a long time. Don't you get any ideas now. But... Uh, what I do know is with everything that's happening in my life and with Tenacious as well, and to oversee things well, we need a campus pastor here yeah. in, the, in Perth. Like we have Spencer and the other guys, et cetera, et cetera. But so we've really felt, and our eldership really feels that the time has come for that. They felt that nicely. <laughs> but but uh, it's come for our campus pastor here whilst I'm still a senior pastor, making the final decisions on everything, but we have a campus pastor here, like in other campuses. So our campus pastor here is going to be Jordan. And, um, and his lovely wife, Bianca. And I just need to say this for some of you, not because he is our son. It's not because Jordan's our son. We would not be doing that at all, so you know. It's because it's his calling and Bianca's. It's their gifting, their sacrifice, their surrender, their faithfulness, their merit. 
And I think everybody who's heard Jordan speaking uh, over the, you know, probably over the last year, in fact, really, you've been blessed to be pastored by his preaching, loved on, taught, grown, corrected with a velvet glove, (laughs) and blessed by his insightful ministry. So, and Bianca again is a wonderful daughter in love. Bianca, we love you so much. She's been a chaplain for years, which has really prepared her too, I believe, for the role. Bianca is totally integrous, totally supportive, such a caring, caring, lovely woman of God. She's been involved in global kids, creche, youth. She oversees a lot of what's happened with our events. Um, worked in the Department of Child Protection. She is such a great asset to our church. So we just thank God for both of them. So I want to invite uh, Jordan and Bianca up onto our stage because we're going to pray for them. And Sue. Yeah, give them a hand as they come, everybody. And Sue. But give Jordan and Bianca a hand. Just want to invite our eldership visiting team up here. So coming up, everybody in our vision team, you guys will come. Everybody who's not overseas. <laughs> Bianca's going to have our second... Uh, um, hang on, it's going to be our third grandson. Monday week. Come on. Cam- campus and a baby, I love that. <laughs> coming all the team up here. Thank God too for our vision team, everybody. And Pastor Spencer and Leah as well. Can we just pray for them? This is a, it's a right seasonal change. It's God's plan. It's going to release me to be doing uh, more of what I'm called to do. But you just need to know everybody, home is the prize. Home is the goal for me and for Sue. And what's happening here in Perth is number one priority. And uh, you are number one priority. We love our family here. So I will be, whenever I'm doing anything, helping in our campuses or, or helping Japan as well. My first priority is I want to go home. So this is home. But it's just releasing me and what God's called me to do to be a help and a blessing. And then also help mobilise you into the places where I believe God's calling us to go. But Jordan and B, we really believe in you. We thank God for you. Thanks for your love, your faithfulness, your humility. Thank you for your service in word and more importantly in deed. We just really honour you for that. And we just uh, are so excited for you and for little Micah in Jesus' name and his little brother whose name is, can I say? No. (laughs) Just wait. So we're going to just pray for them. So church family, can you stretch out your hand towards them? Father, right now we just give thanks for Jordan and for Bianca and for Micah and you, baby. And we just pray, Father, in Jesus' name. Lord, today, as we just bless them, Lord, we just pray, Father, let your hand come on them mightily. Father, let them be filled with great courage. Father, give them your courage. Give them your strength. Father, grace them and anoint them and bless them in Jesus' name. And Father, we just pray for miracles in them and through them. And Father, we just thank you, Lord, in this uh, time and this season of change, Father. And even, Lord, to a degree of generational change, we just pray, Father, let your family here in Perth multiply. Let it multiply. Father, I just pray we would go from strength to strength. 
And Lord, we just pray, Father, for a new season of blessing and growth and favour, Father. Thank you, Lord, because it's your plan. It's your church. It's your house. And Father, we pray that you'd multiply what you put on them through the youth, the young adults, the children, Father, the older people. And Lord, I just pray, Father, that you would bless them mightily. And Father, that this would be a miracle year. A miracle year. And Father, the next decade, completely supernatural. Completely supernatural. Supernatural doors opening for them, for our, our, our house here, Father. Lord, and what you've called us to do both here and around the world. Father, we pray that you will save people every day, every weekend. And Lord, you will add those who you are adding by your purpose and your plan. And Father, we just pray for supernatural miracles in and through them. Thank you, Lord, for their lives. Thank you for their decades of love and faithfulness to you and your house. And Father, we just pray, Lord, let let it be a new day and a new anointing. That Father brings breakthrough, Lord. We just thank you, Father, a generational breakthrough now, Father. And let there be generational breakthrough in everybody's families, God, in the name of Jesus. And I just thank you, Lord, for an exciting new season as we commission them today to be campus pastors under you. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Excited, Micah? Excited? <laughs> you heard it first. Give him another hand, everybody. You give him another hand. So excited. You can be seated. Not quite done. <laughs> Nearly done. Uh, can I encourage you? Encourage them. Get behind them. Encourage them. And uh, the best way you can encourage is not just words, it's in deeds. Not just words, it's deeds. How can I help? What can I do? I want to speak to all the older people. Where's all my friends? Let's, let's, say, I'll go, let's say older. Let's go 50 and above. Everybody over 50, listen. We need you. We need you. We need you to change. We need you to change. There you go. I'm 62 this year. Some of you are older than that. Guess what? We need to keep changing. We're not done. And more than ever, you are needed in the body of Christ. So I want to encourage you, change your thinking. If you don't think that, change your thinking. Because uh, young people need us. Many of them don't have their parents um, functioning healthily with them. Many. And so if they meet a healthy Christian who's older, who's got wisdom, who can encourage and cheer on and serve them. Um, I think that's so important. These four young guys on Friday night made me laugh because after an hour of sharing, just talking, and they're just first time at youth or at church, and then one of them goes to me, can I give you a hug? And I said, yes, you can. And I just thought, look, once again, you know, I don't know if he's got dad around, but we need to be dad and granddad, grandma. So don't let the enemy shrink you back where it's about you, your life, what you feel. It's all young people. No, it's not. Be your age, be who you are, but be a great example of love and service to the next generation. Amen. Amen. Don't retire, but you can retire. But don't retire, refire. Refire in Jesus' name. Okay, one more change. We're adding somebody to the vision team as well. We just want to introduce them to you. 
But our vision team and our key passers are all in agreement that uh, this couple have been around for 20 years. They met on ushers. You need to get ushering, people. <laughs> get ushering. You don't know who's across the aisle on that T-shirt. Went to Bible college, we're involved in young families, starting strong, influential, car park, and nearly every department, I think. I don't think I ever saw them on the worship team yet, but that could change from today. <laughs> so we're adding to our vision team, to our oversight team, which is very important. It's, a, it's just very powerful, it's very responsible, it's a supernatural thing. It's not, we're not at a tennis club, this is the house of God. So you have to be very wise, very slow, very careful about who you choose. And so we felt, and uh, we've all felt strongly that it's going to be Michael and Taya Jacob. Uh, come, on up, come on up. Can you give them a huge hand as well? Huge hands for them. Come on up. Come on, Vision Team. Come on up, you guys. Coming up, vision team, everybody. Sue, if you can come. And uh, actually, any of our pastors, you can just come to, just come and stand around, just pray towards them. So these guys have been incredibly faithful, incredibly supportive. Uh, they have their own great functioning electrical business. But I know that the two of them have made that business. Jesus is the CEO of that business. Some people are Christians and they're in business, but. Jesus looks like he's the CEO, but these guys, Jesus is the CEO. And we honour you for that example. And we honour you for your love, your service. You've always been undergirding, always been supporting. These guys came to Hamburg with me as well to our campus there, walked in the door, didn't start chatting. They walked in, started putting the chairs out, unpacking the kids' toys. And I was just like, really? Like here they are on the other side of the world, rather than going, hey, I need to meet everybody and hang out. They were like, we're just gonna serve our campus there. So we just thank you that you guys are servants indeed. Thank you for that. And uh, thank you for the modeling that you've done. And uh, we love your kids too, your great parents, and just how you honor God, always in his house, putting God first. Um, your people that God can build on. And, uh, and because of that, uh, our whole team has prayed and felt that you are to step onto our vision team as we go forward. So we're excited to have you. Are we excited to have them? <laughs> excited to have them. They're awesome people. So um, just stretch your hand out again. Sue's come over with me. Just let's just lay hands on them and all the vision team here. Just let's lay hands on them. Father, we just pray, Lord, right now for Michael and Taya. Father, thank you for their amazing kids as well, Father. We just pray in Jesus' name, Lord. Father, today, let it be a changing day for them. Let it be a new day. Thank you, Father, for their love and service over decades. And Father, we just thank you for the humility as well, Lord. Father, and we just pray today, Father, that you will anoint them for this new role, new task going forward in 2024. Father, that they will be anointed, Lord, with the vision, Father, not just here uh, at home, Lord, the home is the goal. Home is the gold. But Father, they'll also be anointed with what you've called us to do, which is to impact the world. Father, open their eyes. Show them, Lord, their part in all of that, Father. Give them wisdom. Give them new grace, new insight, new courage, new faith, new joy, new strength. And Father, we just pray, Lord, too, also let the enemy be bound over them. 
And Father, we pray over Bianca and Jordan that the enemy be bound over them all as they step into these new roles. And Father, we just declare your blessing. We pray supernatural provision. Let their business go from strength to strength. And Father, we just pray, Lord, that they will be mightily used this year and in the decades to come. Father, bless them now. Be with them, God. And we're just excited, Father, for what you're going to do in and through them. Use them mightily, Lord. And Father, we give you all the praise and all the honour, Father, that you are building your church and you are placing who you want in the right positions, Father. We give you thanks and praise now. In Jesus' name, Amen. Thank you so much for joining us online today. Really great to have you with us. And special thanks to those also who give online. Your generosity is making the way for others to hear the message of Jesus, both here in Australia and around the world. If you enjoyed today's message, I'd love to encourage you to share this message with a friend, a workmate, a family member. And let's believe together that it will powerfully impact their life for good in Jesus' name. If you're unable to be with us at one of our church locations, uh, both here in Australia and around the world, please join us online every Sunday for Global Heart at Home on YouTube. God bless and have a great week.